Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, December 16th, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 13, the third paragraph, starting with my schoolmate visited me. Our readers today are Penny or Deb W, Lynn S, and Penny C. The reference number for Tuesday, December 15th, is 8272. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rocky E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Julie. Do you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, good. Okay. Hi, this is Rocky E., compulsive overeater from New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we are powerless over food and that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Rocky. I will now ask Stacy T. to read the 12 Traditions. Star 1 to unmute, Stacy. Sorry about that. Thanks for your service. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating completely. 
or each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive leader who still suffers. Six, an OA group will never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any outside enterprise. Problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, of every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA is nine. OA is such organized, but we make service boards or committees directly responsible to those who serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn to public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Stacy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing our topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 13, paragraph 3, and I will now ask do me, Deb W. to begin reading. Thank you. Thank you. This is Deb W. recovered in Oklahoma. My schoolmate visited me and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. And it's really interesting that I would be reading this um, in the place that I'm in my life right now today, I, I a couple of weeks ago just uh, wound up a really ba- big bout of depression, and uh, which was triggered by anger. And the anger was at my son, I believe, because 
once again, he's back at my doorsteps wanting to move into my house. And, you know, I was able to say no for three different times, and here we are again. And I'm angry at him, angry at God, angry at myself for being too weak. And so then I come to the sentence, Uh, the place of the new God consciousness within and common sense. Common sense would be 40 years old, this man needs to be out of my house and and would become uncommon and set quietly. And, you know, in my anger and my resentment, I was so miserable. And when I get so miserable, I get on my knees and I cried and I prayed and I cried and I prayed and I talked to people and I heard a bunch of obvious answers that are so true and so real. In my quietness, in my misery, I remembered, I forgot that this kid had mental illnesses. I forgot that he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. I forgot that he was manic depressive. Oh, all these years I've been in denial and I've been treating him with my resentments, my my judgments, my decisions about where he should be. And and so now I'm sitting quietly in doubt because I know that I can't do the thing that I thought I should do, and that's push him out the door. I know that he is homeless because he is on different family members' couches. I know that what God revealed in my resentments and in my anger was a very important tool of denial, denial about these things. And I needed to, 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 to be able to be in that, that resentment and need healing from that resentment so that I could remember the other parts of it. I don't know what to do. I still don't know what to do other than I do know that immediately the rage and the anger has left. I do know that I need to stay on my knees. I do know that I need to use the tools of this program, the people in the program, to help me with my resentment, my rage, my anger, my thinking of the way that this should be solved. So that is, and what I did get that last sentence, I got so much. I got a refreshing. I got the anger and the rage removed. And so that's that's what I have to share. Thank you. Thank you, Deb W. And we will be commenting on the second paragraph that was read, starting with, I was to test my thinking. Who would like to share on the second paragraph? Rachel W. This is Bella. Can I share? Okay, I've got Larry, Melissa, I have Rachel, I have Bella, Suzanne K, Suzanne K, Tina F, Melissa C. Okay, we're going to, Tina F and Melissa C. Okay, so Larry K, why don't you start us off? Okay, thank you so much for your your service this morning. This is Larry K. recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. So, you know, for me, what, what is God consciousness? You know, through these action steps, we begin to open up to uh, direct connection to our higher power. And it's like an activation process where we move from a me-centered existence to an other-centered existence. That's what these steps do. And common sense tells me I'm the most important person on this planet. All my beliefs 
have translated into a mindset that convinces me that the world revolves around me. And, and, you know, you may say, no, 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 that's not true. See, actually, I think poorly of myself. I have low self-esteem. I've been marginalized in society. All I have ever known is struggle. I have nothing to live for. And to you, I would say, notice the common denominator there, I. You see, uh, common sense becomes uncommon sense. In other words, we incorrectly thought that since we had a poor opinion of ourselves, it wasn't possible to be selfish or self-centered. And only the, the narcissist who had an inflated sense of self-importance could you know, possibly be selfish or self-centered. Not poor me who, who life inflicted such devastation. If anyone deserves to be sprinkled with pixie dust, you know, uh, magically cured, it's me, myself, I. I mean, how dare anyone insinuate that I, who was beaten as a child, neglected, I was poor, fat, teased, lonely, could be self-centered? How is that possible? On the contrary, see, life owes me, myself, and I a free lunch, uh, you know, maybe a breakfast and a dinner and some snacks. It's time to replace, though, my common sense with uncommon sense. You know, the program of action is about, you know, it is, isn't necessarily about building up one's self-esteem to grand heights. See, I thought that to be right-sized only meant to be knocked off a perch of grandiosity. It was only, you know, for those people that, that had this grand opinion of themselves. No, it's merely meant to be reorganized where we shift from me, myself, and I thinking into other-centered thinking. That's why, you know, a, a, a boy who is beaten, neglected, all these, you know, things that you'd think, if anyone deserves, I mean, I'm not the only one on the line. If anyone deserves a leg up, you know, it would be us, right? No, but see, all I was thinking about all day long was me, myself, and I, and these action steps have moved me to an other-centered consciousness. I didn't do that for myself. God did that for me. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And I believe it was Deanna, and I did not get your last initial. Okay, maybe not. So I will go with Rachel next. Good morning, Julie. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Reader, calling from New York. Um, you know, when I read this paragraph, I'm, I'm compelled back into the early days of when I first came into this program, and I just could not get abstinent. And, um, and my sponsor gave me an assignment to, just for one day, you know, just to write down the voices in my head, you know, how I speak to myself. And, um, you know, these voices were so loud and so insistent. And you know, just would not let me go, and, and they kept, like, you know, um, propelling me back into the refrigerator and, and just into the food, and um, loud and, and just very, you know, strong voices, and, um, and she helped me get in touch with the fact that the quieter voices, the more divinely inspired voice was in there as well, and it was very quiet and very still and thin and, and very, you know, I really had to stop to hear it. And for me, this paragraph is all about that sacred pause. 
you know, we see the process where Bill surrendered. He didn't give up. He didn't give in. He surrendered to something greater than himself. And this process of surrender brings us to a point where we realize, you know, that we're, it's not all about us, you know. And, and for me, um, my sponsor had told me way back that um, the point of power is in the present moment, meaning, you know, the ability to choose um, what I'm going to eat, whether the next action will take me towards recovery or towards um, certain death. You know, that's, that's, I do have a choice there. And um, so in the earlier days, it was all about putting down the food, um, becoming abstinent, using that as a tool. And now it's all about how do I binge emotionally? You know, um, as has been said so often, um, my mind is a dangerous place and I cannot go there alone. And therefore, um, you know, when I stop and I pause, um, I can actually, you know, sense the God consciousness within, which was there all the time. You know, God was there all the time, but it's my consciousness that's expanding. And I can take that moment to sit back and really decide what my next move can be. I don't have to react like I used to. You know, I can respond in a much more thought out way. Um, I can take it to my network, you know, to my fellows um, who have gone before me and you have such insight, and, and most of all, most beautifully, um, I'll end up with this, what I find so incredible is the ability to give it away, and I had a situation recently where um, I had a, you know, my own issue that I had gone through, and that day, I ended up helping another fellow through the same, same exact thing, so this is such a miraculous program, and um, thank you for allowing me to share in my past. Thank you, Rachel W. and Bella G. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Julie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Wow, such a powerful sentence. And yes, before the program, I had God in my life. But it was a, a, a God, a punishing God, a God that just is punishing and hates me and just teach me a lesson all the time. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. By doing the steps, by leaving the steps, I got a new picture of God. Now I don't have to prove anymore myself to God. I know and I live and I believe and I feel that God loves me and towards my this new relationship with God I got a new picture of myself thank you God that now I accept myself and I understand myself and I know I am not perfect and sometimes it's hard not all the time it's so easy to say to accept that I am not perfect but Thank you, God. I have the opportunity just to pause and to say, wait a minute, Bella, where are you now? Who are you now? And I have the opportunity just to, to let myself feel feelings, to feel my feelings, and not to run right away to the food. And now I am going through a new challenge that I find myself to be a judge and to judge other people and to judge myself and I am not being the good judge. And thank you, God, 
I have now the tools to say, wait, Bella, you are connected to God. You don't have any more to be a people pleaser, to, to look for reasons for your existence. Thank you, God, that now I am, I am connected to a loving and accepted God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. And Suzanne Kay. Start hi. one to unmute. Yes, hi. Thank you. Um, my name is Suzanne Kay, and I am a compulsive eater in relapse at the moment. Um, and I just wanted to thank everybody for every every day for the service that you guys are doing for this process and the program. And I felt like I needed to claim my seat this morning. Um, I'm actually at work. I'm a teacher, so I'm in my classroom sitting quietly, and I always listen to the 7 a.m. meeting when I can. But I identified with the reader, the first reader, um, talking about her son um, and about um, the... I guess the feelings that come up with um, the pain and suffering, and I feel like I identify with that and with this first paragraph we're reading, um, and it is about this, when I'm in self-centeredness, why am I, because I have a son also who's, um, or family members that are struggling, and I'm taking that on and making it about me, and I have to remember sick and suffering people like myself, I have to pray for them and let and let go um, and work a, a program. So, um, you know, just for today, I am here and I'm very grateful that I can be a part of this program. And I am a member. I have a desire to stop eating compulsively and to follow a pro- program. And I'm so grateful for my sponsor and for my program and for everybody on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Suzanne Kay. And Sarah W. You're next. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service. Um, My name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I was thinking as we were reading this that God continues to give me the same lesson until I learn it. And that doesn't mean that it's uh, uh, that God is looking to inflict pain. Um, and you know, the the uh, thought comes to mind that um, you know, like it says in the book, I think it's either one twenty four or one twenty eight. Cling to the thought that our that our darkest past or is our greatest possession that we have. It's the way we can help other people. And um, this particular reading, of course, is about the 10th and 11th step, and it, it reminds me that the promises uh, really are uh, available at this point, and I will feel those things. But there's nothing that says in our program that we'll ever get perfect. And I think as an addict, um, you know, the mentality is that, you know, uh, I can't delay gratification. I want everything I want yesterday. And the reality of life is that, you know, I have to accept life on life's terms, and that's what I could never do, and that's what I use the food for. 
So I think for me, um, it's really about the idea of, you know, as was stated, the sacred pause. The sacred pause is where I say, you know, God, I'm here. It's like the set-aside prayer. You know, um, I, I have to open myself up completely to the idea of what God, uh, what God's will is for me and for other people. And uh, my my greatest prayer anymore is just... Um, uh, guide me to be the vessel that you wish for me to be for myself and for others. And um, a lot of people are talking about, um, uh, you know, issues with children and that, um, and the, the fact that we are such sensitive people that we want to help and we want to care, but oftentimes when I care too much, what happens is I don't allow other people to walk their own walk, and I feel like I have to walk it for them and put them on my back, and that really takes away that other person's um, ability to feel like they can take care of themselves. So for me today, um, and I have a daughter that has a lot of problems, that has uh, six children, uh, what I can say is that um, I love her, and I know that she has a loving higher power. Um, and I think um, if I do get into prayer where I say, you know, God, do this for my daughter and do this for other people, I'm not trusting the process that God knows what's best. Uh, how can I be the vessel? I guess that's the main thing. And to go back to page 83 and 84 and remember that uh, after I work the first nine steps, that is what I will get. I will have those feelings, but I won't have it in a perfect way. And I'm very grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. And Tina F. Thanks for your service. Tina S. from Florida, grateful um, compulsive eater and anorexic. And I heard some really, really good shares this morning. Um, you know, I was to sit quietly and ask for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Well, you know, I was, I'm graced with a program of action and a spiritual axiom that states that when I'm disturbed, there's something wrong here, when I can remember that, when I can ask for help and somebody reminds me of that, you know, then I can put out of my mind the wrongs of others and look at my own mistakes and my goodness, you know, it took me a long time to really just want to look at my own mistakes you know, and to be of service to others and how can I change me to be of maximum service to others, you know, that uh, complete psychic change that brings about recovery. You know, those are some things that, you know, when I got here, that's not what I wanted. Is not what I wanted. But, you know, by God's grace, that is what I, I continue to receive one day at a time. You know, if I participate in my life, if I practice these principles in all my affairs and not just the ones I want to. You know, and sometimes that's not too easy. And, you know, for me, I just have to remember when I got here, I heard someone say, you know, you don't have to like it. Because I thought I had to like this stuff in order to be able to do this stuff. But that's just not the case. And what a relief that became to know that I didn't have to like it. You know, what I know today is I don't have to like it. But most times I got to do it, you know, to continue to get what I'm getting. And I'm just graced by this program and by the, the people in my life today and by being able to be in other people's lives. So uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. And Melissa C. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, to, 
to think that I had no common sense, you know, that was um, just crushing because um, I always thought that I had wonderful common sense, um, that my problems were only that I was heavy (laughs) and that I ate too much. And, um, you know, of course, after really putting the food down and working this program, so much about myself was revealed to me and that I have no common sense because my common sense tells me that I'm the center of everything, that everything is all about me. And, um, and you know, and so that is certainly not reality. You know, my reality was skewed. And so um, getting right in this program and, and having recovery um, recognizes, you know, it causes me to recognize that I am just, a player, you know, in this grand play of life. And, um, you know, and so the parts that are outside of me, the things that I cannot control, that's exactly as they were meant to be. And, um, and so, you know, when life presents an obstacle and a problem and people are talking about their children and, you know, I have beautiful children and my young teenage daughter is, is suffering from anxiety right now. My immediate, initial, knee-jerk, inside response is to make it all about me. She's feeling anxiety, so my gut response is to feel anxious over her anxiety. You know, that is so um, pointless and not helpful and not as God would have me be. And so through this beautiful program of recovery and through working 10 steps and having recovered people that I can turn to, that becomes, um, when I sit quietly, that becomes apparent to me that um, this is not my problem. I love her with every ounce of my being, but she has a higher power and I'm not it. And the best way that I can be of service to her is to stay recovered, um, help her get the help she needs, and then allow God to remove my anxiety over her anxiety. Thank you. And that that's the un, you know that's the um, that is not my natural inclination, but it's becoming that more and more. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And who would else would like to share on the second paragraph? Kim G. Nessa R. Dante. Reva P. Leia M. Okay. Elizabeth and before, and before Leia, I missed the person. After Santa. Reva P. Reva P. Okay, great. Okay, Kim G, go ahead. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I was to test my thinking of the new God consciousness within. So what has Bill done at this point? Bill has gone, he's put the food down, number one, first. So he has the clarity of thought to walk through these steps. And he's walked through basically one through nine. You know, there were 12 steps at that point, but he's walked through all the action steps. And now he's going to test that thinking. So I like to use a practical analogy. You know, if I want to be a nurse and I go through nursing school and I pass all the tests and I pass my boards, but I never work in the hospital. I never step a foot and do any actually nursing work. Do I consider myself a nurse? Well, I guess technically because I have the certificate, but I've never done the work. That is kind of what we're doing. 
you know, if we walk through these steps and never apply it, we're supposed to test our thinking. That's what 10 and 11 is. You know, it's the difference between being in the classroom and learning how to give a shot into an orange and being in the ER when you hear stat because there's a 10 car pileup and you have to now take care of these patients. So that's what 10 and 11 is. We learn the skill set in four through nine and we have the luxury, honestly, of looking at the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years of our life at the pace that, is, that we want to do it at. And then in step 10, what do we do now? The jerk's right in front of us. The guy cut us off in traffic. Our husband just told us to go, go to hell. Our boss is giving us a demotion. What do we do right now, right now? We have to use that skill set in four through nine to become undisturbed because if we get blocked from our higher power, we're going to eat again. And then in step 11, we take that same exact skill set and we use it in 24-hour chunks. We have an evening routine where we go through four through nine. And the big difference for me in step 11 is the corrective measures. Because if I don't change my behavior by going into meditation with my higher power, I'm going to repeat the same mistakes and the same character defects that are going to make me eat again. So I need to take corrective measures with guidance from a power greater than myself. Then I wake up in the morning and I have a morning routine going through four through nine almost proactively because now I know what blocks me. What blocks me are my defects, my selfishness, my dishonesty, my resentment, and my fear. And I ask God to divorce me from that, to separate me from that. And then I'm also in step 11 pausing throughout the day. I'm pausing throughout the day to make sure that I'm still in contact with that power. So one of the things that gets me really nervous is when I talk to someone who's gone back to the food, who's done the steps, and I ask where they are in their step work, and they said, oh, I did the steps last year. That's a scary thing because this has to be a part of our daily living. If you're done with the steps, that means today you could pick up. It has to be a part of your daily living. So ask yourself today, are you testing the thinking? Ask yourself, are you living off a past spiritual experience? Because if you're living off a past spiritual experience, odds are that that mental twist is going to come in and take you down. So once again, I was to test my thinking of the new God consciousness within. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. G and Nessa R. Hi, good morning, my fellows. I'm so uh, grateful to be live on the line this morning. My name is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. To me, this paragraph and the next one um, describe the, um, the psychic change, you know, the personality change that brings about recovery. And, you know, uh, what's a personality change? It's, it's a change in the way I think. Uh, because when the way I think changes, my, the way I talk changes, the way I act changes. Um, and it's a change from being focused, you know, uber-focused on what I need into being focused on what I'm needed for. And, um, you know, what, what brings about that recovery? You know, I, I equate it to, um, to learning to ride a bike. You know, um, steps one through nine, I learn how to ride a bike. I, you know, the training wheels come off and, and my parents let go and I'm kind of wobbly. Uh, but I'm still not really proficient in learning to ride a bike. That's not where the, where the recovery is. The recovery is when through practice, um, I become really, really, really good at riding a bike, at, at keeping my balance and, you know, doing, you know, without hands and, you know, standing up and all these kind of things. And that, to me, is steps 10, 11, and 12, which is what these, these two paragraphs really speak about. You know, that's what the recovery is. You know, because if I learn a new way of thinking, 
um, so that I can let go of my old way of thinking. And I do that through learning steps one through nine, but then I don't practice it every day through steps 10, 11, and 12. And what have I accomplished? Nothing, because my old way of thinking, you know, my uber focus on what I need is still going to dominate. You know, in the, in the next paragraph, it talks about establishing and maintaining the new order of things. Well, the new order of things is the recovery, the recycling change, but it talks about establishing, which is steps one to nine, and then it talks about maintaining, which is the most important thing, um, through steps 10, 11, and 12. To me, this is where the money is. This is where um, the recovery is found. You know, I don't think a, a person is recovered once they finish step nine. A person becomes recovered as they integrate the new way of life into their lady, uh, daily life in all their affairs through the consistent, persistent practice of steps 10, 11, and 12. And that definitely has been my experience. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Santa H. Did you call me? Yes, did I did, Santa. Okay, I was on meeting. Hi, my name is Santa H. A grateful, recovered, compulsive reader for today. And thank you, Judy, for your Julie for your service. And thank you, everyone who shared. Um, a lot of what I wanted to say was shared. And um, but I was just tying in here and what was coming up for me as I was listening to the other people in the reading today is that what this reminds me of, again, this here, I think I already said this about the total personality change, this paragraph, and this is real, This is a real deal for me. You know, the first two paragraphs, the action steps, you think, well, the first paragraph, you know, the paragraph before, the action step, you know, that was in the classroom. This is the real deal for me. This is really where I really live at. This is like the full-time work for me, uh, testing my thinking and new God consciousness. That's the step 10. And this is really doing step four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine over and over and over and over again. Just because I, I did it one time in my sponsor doesn't mean I stopped the next day or when that pink cloud goes away that I stop. I have to continue doing step four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And that's what step 10 is for me today. You know, and I like what it says on page 87 that was coming up for me. It says, we may pay for um, this presumption of all sorts of absurd actions and ideas, but nevertheless, we will find that I think the next time has to come more and more on the plane of inspiration we come to rely upon that. And from doing this work, I find that works for me today, that that is happening. And I also remember that came up for me that my sponsor said to me two years ago, and I, she planted that seed. And she took, I'm taking you on to page 84 and 85, where she said to me, we see spotting anything or anyone, not just alcohol, but that's my thinking. That's the illusions in my head, the lies I tell myself. And she would always say to me, and I'm finally getting it, where it says here, uh, if we're not fighting, neither are we avoiding temptation. Um, as we go, sorry, where it says, we have placed, been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protective. So what I do today is, here it is, that you know, common sense becoming uncommon sense is that I have to put every thought into neutrality. There's no right or wrong, good or bad in the world today for me. The reality is that I'm neutral on everything. And when I'm not there, it's my work, my job to do the work in, in this, this paragraph to get myself into a place of neutrality so that I'm not running the show. And I'm not thinking what I know what is best for me and what is right and what is wrong for anyone else. But I am to sit quietly in doubt. That's my ego. 
Because life is perfect. Everything is perfect. Everything is, is unfolding the way it's supposed to be for me. And I just have to find the gift and the lessons that my higher power is teaching me so I can evolve to the next point. Because it's already been laid out for me. And I love the other part here, and I'm going to end with this, is where it says we are useful to others and, and important for me that I get outside of myself. When I have done the work, when I have placed myself in neutrality and done what I can, I get out of myself so that my higher power can get in there and do the work. And thank you for allowing me to share with that. I pass. Thank you, Santa H. And Riva P., you're next. Good morning. This is Riva P., recovered compulsive overeater, very grateful in Toronto. So as was shared previously, the, this paragraph uh, quickly gives a synopsis of 10, 11, 12. And what this reminds me is why abstinence only does not work for a compulsive, a real compulsive overeater like myself, um, because what this paragraph addresses for me is my thinking and that my thinking is distorted and usually my first thought is um, not the same God-inspired thought. Um, and what used to be my first thought was problem, eat. That was the solution. Um, emotion, eat my brains out. Um, and now that I, you know, have, when we go through or I go through steps one to nine and remove the blocks, um, I realize it's my thinking that's really the underlying problem, my thinking and my inability to live life on life's terms or God's terms, however you want to put it. Um, the other thing I wanted to share about is this paragraph also um, reminds me why something like a diet or a project or I'll just do the work in OA and then I'm done and I've sort of finished my little program and I'm going to get on with my life, why that wouldn't work for a real compulsive overeater like myself. Because life happens every day and new things come up as my life moves along. Um, so I'm never finished I need to keep doing the steps, especially 10, 11, and 12, over and over and over because life continues to change. Um, so I'm never, I'm never done. Um, and for me, that's, um, you know, if I think I'm done, that's a great opportunity for relapse because uh, my thinking will get me way before the food will be get, become louder. Um, and um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Leah M., you're next. Thank you so much, Julie. I was to test my thinking. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength. Um, you know, this paragraph is highlighting, you know, the work that we do in steps 10, 11, and, and 12, because by working steps 1 through 9, it did transform uh, Bill's mind, um, his, you know, he's not who he used to be. He's been born again, not in his body, obviously, but in his mind, where his old ideas and emotions and attitudes 
that he had uh, when he uh, was beaten to a pulp by alcoholism have been cast aside, and now he's dominated. He's guided by a new set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes, and that's exactly what the program of recovery does and did for me. Um, however, I have to continue uh, to live in 10, 11, and 12 because if I don't continue to grow, then I will start dying. I will start deteriorating uh, spiritually, and then it will affect my thinking. And then, of course, uh, you know, I'll find myself, uh, you know, uh, picking up that first compulsive bite. So that is what we do. You know, this, I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind. How did I get one of those? I got that through the process of the 12 steps. By living in step 10, 11, and 12, when I am disturbed, step 10 gives me that opportunity to penetrate my unconscious and to get a glimpse of my thoughts and my attitudes and see where I am malaligned, see where I have moved away from God. I'm either moving away from my higher power or growing closer to my higher power. Step 11 uh, is you know, a technique to interrupt my mind. It interrupts it. It makes it shut up so that um, it takes my thinking to a different level because it's the thinking that I operate on most of the time is what disturbing me. So prayer and meditation, step 11, gives me a break from my thinking and allows me, again, to realign uh, with God. My spiritual awakening, this uh, growth that we do daily, uh, changes us. So we have the capacity to leave, live our lives as an expression of God's will. I seek direction and strength through that power. Happiness and contentment does not depend on having an easier life. <laughs> if you scratch the surface of a recovered person's life, you'll see that they have adversity, they have pain, but <laughs> it's that power that comes from our higher power that gives us the direction and strength to continue to uh, be of service to others and to live a life that is happy, joyous, and free. So the purpose of this work is to clear our mental and spiritual spiritual vision, and to let our higher power's truth make its full and proper impact on our mind and our heart. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah M. And Lynn S., would you please read the next paragraph? Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my Creator that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Do I stop there, Julie? Yes. Thank you. This paragraph uh, is really, really speaking to me. I love it when it says, a new relationship with my creator. And I always used to balk at that because I said I never had one at all. Well, Lynn, that means this is new. It doesn't mean changed, but it's new. And it's really striking me here that this message of the elements of a new way of living, which answered all my problems, is something, again, that I think is missing in our meetings. And, you know, the... the the stress on putting the food down seems to be missing, but this also seems to be missing. We get so much more 
than just weight loss. We get so much more than just the relief of the obsession with the food. We get a new way of living that solves or answers all our problems. And here again now it stresses what we have to do, belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish, which means to understand the steps, to work the steps, and then maintain the new order of things, the maintenance, the constant doing of 10 and 11, the maintenance of these steps of this new way of life were the essential requirements. It's um, program is an amazing thing. I'm in absolute awe of it right now, especially around this holiday season and the changes that are happening in my life. But what a good reminder, as we've heard previously, on how to work 10 and 11 and what we need to do, the essential things, the essential requirements that give us this incredible new way of life and a new relationship with our Creator. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. And we'll have time for a couple of shares. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Vasa. Okay. After after Vasa O, who was that? Janice M. Janice M. Okay, let's start off with Vasa O. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Julie, for your service. And I'm grateful. Recover compulsive Oveda, calling from Florida. And I was listening to the special edition last night, 2 a.m. in the morning. I couldn't sleep because I had enough sleep. So I said, okay, I'm going to thank, thank God for the, uh, for the callback numbers. Larry did such a great job in step 10. But anyways, uh, I'm just so grateful to be here. Abstinence is not enough. Um, I needed to put the food down so I, can, so I can get into the steps and study the steps and to have the clarity. But I remember when I one time to my first meetings or what a few meetings, I remember looking at the steps on the wall, you know. We read the steps every time I go to a meeting, and I thought that was enough. You know, yes, I did the first three steps. You know, I was powerless. I surrendered to God, and I did have a spiritual experience, but that was only the beginning. You know, getting into the steps, that's where the transformation started happen- happening to me. The, you know, the change, uh, the, the, my change, the personality change, my attitude started changing, and it did come, the awakenings, you know, as I was going through the steps. And, again, they are laid out the way they are laid out for a reason, and I don't do them perfectly, you know, but the more I practice, the more I'm diligent, and the more I, you know, I, I get it, I get it. And, and this comes, really, it comes, um, my, I remember my friend promising me, my friend promised when the things were, when we do all the things, we will enter a relationship with my creator. Yes, I did enter a relationship, but I wanted, I needed to enter a deeper relationship uh, as I was going through the steps. So thank you for letting me share that path. Thank you, Bassa O. And Janice M. Well, good morning to you, Julie, and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Boy, this paragraph, this is what I've been looking for all my life, a, 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 someone that could solve my problems. And, you know, um, I was always trying to solve my problems. This is, 
this is the difference between me coming into program and having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. This is what it says here. When these things were done, that means I had to go through these steps and work at them. I, I didn't just stay at meetings and listen for years, which I did before I embarked on the steps, you know, and expect it to come to me through osmosis and or through my sponsor or through a great person that she is. It doesn't happen like that. I have to embark on these steps. And then that, through that, I will find a power. I will find the power that I, that I lacked to solve all my problems. And, you know, if, you, if you've had a spiritual awakening, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Because my thinking has changed now. Before, it's like a seesaw. Before the spiritual awakening, before embarking on these steps, I was all about me. Me, 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 me. What I could take, what I could receive, not what I could give. And so my thinking has changed as a result. My actions have changed. You know, there was um, somebody shared in the beginning about their son. You know, yesterday, um, you know, I had an experience with uh, my ill son, and, um, you know, it was like, geez, okay, today I'm going to go out, I'm going to go do these errands. And, of course, I was disrupted, you know, by a, a particular circumstances in his life, you know, through attorneys or whatever it was. And, you know, I had to give up that. I had a self-sacrifice, you know. Did I want to go out? Yeah, I had to go do some errands, but I had to do first things first. And this is the thinking of acceptance that my power, my higher power, gave to me. This is the first part of the 12th step, having had a spiritual awakening as the result, as these things were done, a whole new life happened. Like, you know, we are reborn. Our thinking is, is different. Um, uh, the way I uh, accept uh, the, you know, calamities or the disruptions in my life, I can do that. Did I want to go out? Of course, I, I for me, but my plans were changed. But I, I learned acceptance, you know, and then I paused and, you know, I did ask God, okay, God, because when I get up in the morning now, I say, Oh, God, you know, I arise, oh, God, you know, to do thy will, not mine. And I know that if that was his will for me, um, if that happened, then that was God's will. That's how I, you know, interpret it. And I had to accept it. And, you know, I was so used to take, 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 take. Now I'm, you know, going to give, 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 give as much as I can. And um, that's why, you know, um, I, I couldn't do this myself because I'm too selfish and self-centered. But now I am God-centered. That's what it means. I'm in a new, I'm in a new way of living. My, my thinking has changed. And then I have the spiritual waking as a result of implementing these steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. We have about one minute, so I think I'm going to jump in real quick. Julie R., compulsive overeater, recovered. You know, about... Entering a new relationship with my creator, I surely didn't want the God of my upbringing because I, I was fearful. I couldn't go to that God. But now, a God that has elements that will teach me how to live with all my problems. And my problem was I didn't know how to live on life's terms. It's like today, you know, I still have trauma and drama in my life. I mean, my sister, my best friend is dying from a disease that has no cure. My father passed away. I had no parents. My brothers passed away. You know, 
on a lighter note, my son's first college gave me tears of ACL, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I have a creator that I can go to in all things. Food is not an option. And this is so amazing because I am that same woman that could eat 10, 20,000 calories and purge five times and weigh almost 300 pounds. And now I'm in a normal body size. And now I don't use food. I don't use men. I don't use other things. I have a creator that I could go to in all things. And with that, I'll pass. And now it is time to close the meeting. I would want to thank everyone who shared And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity serenity prayer. And Charles, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.